passion for the Wise Up podcast. This is your host, Azra Siddiqui. As a reminder, Wise Up is my platform to educate the South Asian and Muslim communities about Texas and national politics. You can check out my Wise Up Facebook page, follow me on Twitter, find my podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, along with my weekly segment on Radio Azad every Tuesday at 1 p.m. You can find my page and Twitter handle under WiseUp, W-I-S-E-U-P. So everyone, let's become educated, let's get wiser, and let's start giving a hoot. Today's episode is called The Sickest Interview. I had a great interview for you all today with a Sikh gentleman who is the founder and creator of Sikh Tunes. And what he has done is he has made a lot of cartoons to try and um, kind of break the ice with the American community um, in trying to, you know, have some humor in getting his message across because he has faced a lot of, you know, bigotry after the 9-11 attacks because of the turban that he wears for his religion. So I hope you all are excited to tune in to that interview, which will be later on today. But first off, let's start with the news of the week. So in national news, Donald Trump came out with a list of who his Supreme Court nominees would be. If you recall, President Obama has been trying to get Merrick Garland nominated um, after Justice Scalia passed away. So... That really hasn't gone anywhere, and Republicans have been saying that once the new president comes in, whom they're assuming would be a Republican, that's when they would, um, you know, accept a nominee. So that was interesting to note. There was at least one judge on there from the state of Texas. Moving on, we had the Smithsonian that asked Muslim American children to read Japanese internment camp letters. And this was really poignant because it just showed how there was so much hate during World War II to the Japanese Americans and how a lot of the same statements are being made today against Muslim Americans. So if you have the chance, um, I would definitely go check it out. It's on my Facebook page. You can also check out the Smithsonian's Facebook page. They have it posted on there as well. The Kentucky primary was last week, and Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders were um, very, very close, and Hillary Clinton ended up winning the state of Kentucky. In exciting news about the South Asian community and politics, Pramila Jayapal is going to be the front runner for the state of Washington's 7th Congressional District seat, and she could become the first Indian origin woman to sit in the U.S. Congress. In moving on to the East Coast, in Hoboken, New Jersey, residents rallied around a local city council member who is um, Sikh, and there was a gentleman who shared a racist um, tweet about him online, and the city of New Jersey really defended him. And one of the best responses or most positive responses that he received was, Ravi, you represent the best of this country. It is sad that this kind of ignorance and racism is alive in Hudson County today. Stand tall. We have your back. This is a very, um, you know, it's a really great positive thing to hear, especially for those of us in the South Asian community 
that have been um, dealing with a lot of bigotry, that there are a lot of people out there that are still willing to stand up for us and our community and not, um, and basically not assume um, all the stereotypes that a lot of people have about the South Asians or Muslim communities. Moving on to Texas news, there was an exceptionally unfortunate incident that occurred in Houston, Texas. Um, during a meeting of the Harris County Republican Party in Houston, Texas on May 16th, Pastor Trevor Gordon introduced a motion to block fellow Republican Syed Ali from serving on a committee citing his religion. Um, this is according to the Washington Post, and Ali, a Houston resident, said he sees Republican values as deeply consistent with Muslim values. Both the party and the religion value preserving life, helping the needy, and treating all people equally. He said that he's happy and more stronger than before, and he'll do whatever he can for the country and the party and the people. Thankfully, you know, it was put to a vote, and the vast majority of the, of the Republican Party um, you know, sided with um, Syed Ali, and there was a precinct chair by the name of Dave Smith that came to his defense, and that no, he stated that no religious test is good enough for the founding fathers, therefore it's good enough for me. And in the end, um, Ali told the Washington Post that um, the vote didn't really bother him, and as a Republican and as an American and as a Muslim, he said that Everyone's entitled to their view, and he was very appreciative of the fact that the majority of the people in the room voted in his favor, and many people he had never, never met before that night approached him after the meeting to offer nothing but encouragement. While this was an unfortunate incident, I think it was something that he handled very well, and it showed that, you know, the more of us that become involved in politics we can kind of change people's perceptions. And that was definitely stated in this article where um, someone had stated that when a pastor and a Muslim candidate share the same room and the same goal of drumming up more Republican votes in their county, meetings like that are where hearts and minds get changed. And I think this is a perfect example of that. Like, while he faced a very bigoted situation where there was hate, he was able to you know, triumph over it and possibly could have changed a lot of people's perceptions and views of the Muslim community. And that's why I think it's so important for all of us, whether you're Muslim, Hindu, or Sikh, or Christian, or Jewish, that you get involved in the political realm because that's the best way for people to get to know you and, you know, be able to defend you in your community. Because if you're unknown, they, that's where, you know, fear and ignorance really comes into play. So while this was a very sad incident, I think, you know, you had a positive outcome come out of it. With regards to um, state politics, uh, Ted Cruz still hasn't, um, you know, given his support behind Donald Trump yet. And then there has been a lawsuit that's been filed by the ACLU in which they are accusing federal border officials in El Paso of coercion and abuse. And they're stating that those who um, crossed the border legally, they called them very inappropriate names and treated them as criminals and subjected them to unwarranted searches and coercions. So we'll see what happens with that case. 
And if you are from the city of Missouri City, Texas, your representative, Ron Reynolds, um, has been convicted of five misdemeanor counts of illegally soliciting clients to his personal injury law practice, and he is now without a license to practice. So that's some pretty bad news, especially when that person is your representative. You're assuming that they're held to a much higher standard and that they wouldn't be committing such um, crimes. But unfortunately, this was the case for the representative from Missouri City. Well then, that is the news for the week. Let's move on to the interview that I have with Sick Tunes. Joining me today is Vishwajit Singh. He is a New York City-based cartoonist, writer, performance artist, and creator of www.seektoons.com. He was born in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. He began cartooning during the hate bias crime wave following the tragedy of the 9-11 attacks. In the midst of being targeted with fear and intolerance from fellow Americans, he created art to build bridges to connect not just with those who empathized with his plight, but also those who judged him based on his appearance and perceived immigrant roots. His work is guided with the deep belief in the interconnectedness of our stories with African, European, Asian, and American values at the heart of his narrative. He has traveled across the U.S. as a speaker, hosting presentations and workshops at universities, schools, libraries, museums, and film festivals to challenge stereotypes and expound the core virtues of our nation's diversity. In order to challenge what it means to be American, he has donned the uniform of quintessential American super superhero Captain America on the streets of many American cities. He was also the subject of a widely acclaimed short film, Red, White, and Beard, which launched online in early 2015. His message and work has been covered by a number of news outlets, including the New York Times, NPR, and Time Magazine. Thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate you coming on air. Thanks for having me. Okay, so how about you tell me and my listeners about what Sick Tunes is, and how did you start it, and where did you get the idea for it? So Sick Tunes actually started, SickTunes.com started end of 2002. Um, the idea for uh, creating cartoons, which I call sick tunes, because they are cartoons with a lot of sick characters, turbans and beards. Um, the idea actually came in the aftermath of 9-11 and the hate crime wave that was happening in weeks and months after, and actually years, but especially in the few weeks and months after 9-11, which hit me quite hard because I was working a few miles north of the city at the time. Um, and for a variety of reasons, like many of the Americans, I was kind of sucked into news um, broadcasts, trying to make sense of what was going on. And I started um, observing uh, editorial cartoons online, just, just editorial cartoonists who were responding to 9-11 and post-9-11 events. And there's one cartoon that kind of stuck in my head quite a bit because it was a cartoon created by Mark Fury, who's based in San Francisco. And he was basically trying to capture this image uh, collected images of people who were getting targeted, innocent people, innocent Americans, uh, Muslims, Sikhs, Hindus, Hispanics, who were perceived as the other in certain situations and basically were targeted for hate crimes. And he was just trying to make the point that people who were committing these hate crimes actually were terrorists and stuff. And uh -huh. th that had a huge impact on me. I mean, I'm just seeing a Sikh character and sort of capturing my predicament at the time. I just felt, wow, this, this is really interesting. And I knew right. Mark was probably not going to 
Mark was not probably not going to create any more cartoons with six characters. So a few weeks down the line, I just started thinking, hey, maybe I should start cartooning yeah. and create create cartoons with six characters with Trevor and Beard. So I started doing that on my own. I mean, I have no training in art, did not have any training. And I just started kind of experimenting on my computer, um, creating cartoons. And basically months down the line and end of 2002, I said, okay, I need a home. I need a home as in a home on the internet where I can put my cartoons. So I created a website called Pictoons.com, which has been since since uh, November 2002, has been home to my work. Uh, to this day, you know, all the cartoons and even writings that I do are kind of housed there. So if you anybody wanted to get a good sense of what I do, you know, they can go there and see my writings, cartoons, and performance artwork that I've been doing for the past three, four years. That's amazing. And um, I've actually gone on your website to check out a couple of your cartoons. <laughs> And I thought they were pretty funny. So I guess, you know, you spoke about what, you know, the concerns that concerns that you had with the racism that's been going on in our society. But what made you want to, you know, kind of deal with this issue by conquering hate with laughter? Because many of us, you know, we haven't gone that route yet. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was just pure accident. I mean, I just seeing this cartoon, somehow it made a connection to me, and it changed uh, my the course of my life. Basically, a single image. Um, somehow, I had this connection that hey, you know, if this cartoon can be this powerful and capture my predicament and make you know me making that connection, then you know perhaps I should start creating more cartoons and you know try to sort of share my experiences, my frustrations, and maybe you know even my my greatest you know my good experiences and sort of putting them into cartoons. So yeah, I just thought you know it was it's a really powerful medium which I experienced firsthand by connecting to it. Um, and, yeah, it's been it's been quite a journey. I mean, as I've started creating cartoons in the early days, people were saying, hey, this is cool, nobody has done this. So I was you know, one of the first ones kind of doing this. So they ended up finding audience globally through the Internet uh, that sort of kept expanding, and I kept getting better at actually doing my art, you know, just like anything else in life. So I kind of taught myself, and as I created cartoons, got a little better at it. Uh, learn not only the art of sort of how to draw well, but I think the key is how do you think as a cartoonist? Because usually, you know, when you look at cartoons, you think like, okay, oh, yeah, this is great, it's wonderful art. But, but more than art, you really it is a way of thinking about finding contradictions in life, finding funny situations, edgy situations, and then you portray them in cartoons. So that was something that took me a few times. So, do you feel like that your cartoons, you know, have become an icebreaker in order for you to? you know, talk to other people, break the eyes, dispel stereotypes. Absolutely, yeah. I mean it's I mean, I didn't know what the response was gonna be, but yes, it has especially with in the broader community where there's a lot of ignorance about six and South Asian cultures in general anyways. Um it did, it has. I mean I um started getting invitations from First, within the South Asian community, from different groups and different events and film festivals and retreats and camps, and then you know I started getting invitations from um, different radio shows, different outlets, uh, universities and schools where people want me to come in and showcase my work, talk about you know what I do, what's my inspiration for doing this. So yeah, it it, it, it definitely I mean has opened many doors and started many conversations. Oh, that's so amazing. Congratulations. It seems like, you know, your art has just, you know, spread and is spreading the message and you're really getting out there to so many different types of audiences. 
It is, yeah, it's been it's been good. I mean, especially in the last two, three years. Um as in some ways, you know, it feels like things have gotten worse. It feels more like post nine eleven right now in the past few months. And it kinda has been. I mean, I can I can feel that. But at the same time I also feel it kinda of, it also creates the opportunities where, you know, we have to get out even more and, and engage people. So I feel that's happening. Uh, but you know, uh-huh. we have to we have to do even more work uh, from our community. Sometimes you may know, feel like you're targeted. So, what is the best way to do it? And I feel like you know, it's even it's a great time for us to step out of our comfort zone at times. And we might not be comfortable doing certain things, but we have to step out, engage different members of communities, try new things, try you know, teach you know, teach ourselves new forms of sort of art, get engaged politically. You know, right. first and foremost, first and foremost through registering and, you know, um, exercising our right to vote, but also um, being part of the political process, you know, go work in uh, state legislatures or city government or even the federal government. So, yeah, we do we do sort of, you know, get out even more and engage people in as many different ways as we can. So there's some great points that you brought up. Um, so, you know, through your art and you know, that's your way of engaging with the community. What effects have you seen? Have you seen positive effects, any backlash, any unforeseen effects? I mean, it's been mostly positive. I mean, I've had a few people at times who have not, uh, I mean, I, some of my work is very political and some people have not liked it and they've threatened my life saying, you know, they don't like what I'm doing, which is, which is kind of an occupational hazard when you do uh-huh. it happens. It's not unknown. But I just use that as, as, as that as a source of inspiration and saying, look, I must be doing something right. So I, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, but overall, it has been incredibly positive. I mean, I've had people from all different walks of life. I've, I've heard from people that are serving in the armed forces, police officers. Oh, wow. People, people who responded after 9-11. Um, teachers, uh, strangers, you know, writing emails through Facebook or Twitter saying, hey, I love what you're doing. So, yeah, it's been it's been great. I mean, I, at times, you know, I feel like, oh, my God, you know, did I really want to do this? Did I, some, you know, certain things that I've, certain decisions that I've made in terms of doing my art, so performance art is something I never planned on doing, but it kind of came out of a, a piece of art that I did a few years ago. But it, you know, at the same time, you know, it did open up a lot of doors, and people have just been really receptive to some of the performance art that I've done. Fiona Abood, who is a Brazilian-American photographer based in New York City, she was working on a photography project capturing six in America. So she was trying to get photos off me doing what I do as a cartooning, and she, in passing, mentioned to me, hey, maybe you should come back next year to to the Comic-Con and dress up as Captain America. And my first response was, no way, I'm not going to do that. I don't wear costumes. And inside my head, I knew why I didn't want to do it because I'm a skinny guy. I've been bullied all my life for being skinny and I know I wear a turban and a beard. People stare at me all the time. They say things to me. Why would I don don a superhero uniform so everybody else is now, anybody who was not looking at me is going to be looking at me. So I said, no, and she didn't bother me after that. But almost a year later, there was a massacre at a uh, Sikh temple in Milwaukee. And uh-huh. that really hit me hard. So I responded to that attack. Uh, Sikh worshippers were killed. And I, to me, that was really personal. And I felt you know, that could be me. So I ended up writing an op-ed piece in Seattle Times, uh, making the case, you know, really the new American superhero is going to fight this 
rise of hate and everything that's happening. And so Fiona saw that piece and she made a request saying, hey, I love this piece and I think it would be great if you dressed up as Captain America and I can have you walk out in New York City and capture you in my camera. So, you know, I didn't want to do it, but I just felt the situation, the you know, situation that circumstances had changed. So I, I did it. I, I took it out and scared and really nervous, but it was a beautiful experience. I mean, people just treated me like, oh, my God, you know, this guy's like the most patriotic American out there. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it was incredible. I mean, I got photographed by hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, all this stuff, like a sense of like what celebrities feel like, and it's everybody is coming up to me, hugging me, and taking photographs and getting pulled into that. That's amazing. Like that. It is. And so since that, so I ended up writing an author piece about this experience. Fiona released a few photographs. And from that piece, uh, in that fall of 2013, I mean, I've been, I've been on the road. I've been going from schools and universities to late night shows to cable news networks and just kind of, you know, engage, people just say, hey, come, you know, share your story. And it basically has open doors. And, you know, so what I do is I go to these places and share my story through cartoons, run cartoon workshops, and uh-huh. just kind of, you know, try to sort of, I, I see them as opportunities where I'm sharing my story, but I'm also sort of trying to share my passion and excitement for the medium of cartooning and how in many ways we have so much more in common than what our eyes might lead us to believe. Because, you know, when uh-huh. I share my story about being born here, spending part of my childhood in India, but then coming back, going to college in Southern California and grad school in Northern California and living in Connecticut and New York. I mean, people connect to a lot of things that I've done in life because that's what we do. We are born here, we right. around. You, I mean, it's just that Americans have a lot in common beyond the fact that, okay, we might be Democrats, Republicans, Texans, Californians, Muslims, right. Christians. These are certain labels, yes, we live some of these labels, but you know, you get to the nitty-gritty, you know, under-the-surface stories, you know, have a lot in common. And I think that's what happens in these sessions. People are just like, oh, wow, this is interesting. That's cool, you know. Uh, you know, my story has something in common with yours. So that's, I think, that's where the power of sort of art, so in, in this case, it's cartooning and performance art, but it's so many different other forms of art, you know, be it writing and television and animation, poetry, there's so many different ways you can these days, especially with, with internet and the uh-huh. tools that we have at, at our disposal. I mean, the podcast that we're doing right now, I mean, there's so many tools that we can use today to tell our story. I definitely agree with you, and I hope more people in our community can, you know, just utilize this, the, you know, the resources that we have in order for us to get our message across, because, you know, the podcasting, there's a couple of us out there. I know writing, I see so many articles that Muslims write about certain situations. Same with the Sikh and Hindu communities, but I haven't seen like actual art art, like cartooning as you've done. And I commend you for going on a completely different path than the rest of us. But at the end of the day, if that's what your passion is, if that's what you want to do, you know what, then go do it. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a straight line. But it's just like anything else. You go to school, you go to grad school, you go to professional school. It's going to require a lot of time. But if that's your passion, you know, we'll follow it. I mean, we have a lot of privilege being born in the U.S. We have a lot of opportunities uh-huh. at our disposal. You don't have to worry about, for the most part in this country, about, hey, how am I going to feed myself? Like, you yes. Jobs to at least, right? So right. instead of living our, you live in a place 
certain places like parts of India or Pakistan or, or, or Africa or parts of South America, and I know even parts of the, uh, in the U.S. too, but overall, you know, people have to worry about their next meal. That's true. I wanted to hone in on a sentence that you said that, you know, there was a gentleman's cartoon that changed your life and that you saw it and then you started doing it yourself. And is that kind of your overall goal with Sick Tunes? Is that, you know, you're going to have this cartoon that someone will see it and it'll change their life in the sense that their perception of the Sikh community or Muslim community or South Asian community would change? I mean, you know, I mean, I don't even have, I mean, I don't even have those lofty goals where I say, okay, you know, I'm going to create this cartoon and change somebody's life because I, I know for a fact that Mark wasn't trying to do that. And, you know, I'm, I'm first and foremost sort of engaging in this, this medium, which is kind of my passion. It's, it's like a tool that I use to share my frustration and my inspiration and my motivation. So that's the first and foremost thing. You know, if it's something that either irks me or something that inspires me, I'm like, okay, let me let me now put it into my cartoon and my, my writing or my performance art. But then I'm certainly, you know, it's created for people to respond to, to say, hey, I love this, right? So, so that certainly isn't there. You are trying to respond to an audience out there. And uh-huh. you kind of feed off of it. So you feed off of that. So certainly for me, that has been happening. And part of that is, you know, I, new opportunities have come. The performance art is something I never even knew for me existed an option, but I started doing it. And now one of the other things that my, my new venture that kind of is just about starting is I am beginning to, to work on my first book. It's a graphic novel. It's an autobiography, my own story of being born in D.C., spending time uh-huh. in Southern India, coming back, and just sort of struggling through my identity, you know, Identity is okay. imposed on you. So that's that's something you know that now I'm beginning to work on. Um, yeah, I mean, in a sense, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to make a connection. I'm trying to make people smile and laugh and, you know, destroy a few of the sort of these walls of anxiety and fear that people have in society. And, yes, I want people to start having conversations, you know, with me and others and say, you know, let's talk. You know, we, we have more in common than, than you know, our our perceptual apparatus might lead us to believe. And that's, you know, once you get this conversation going, then, you know, you never know where they're going to come. That's very true. I think um, the statement that you said that using comedy to break down the walls to stop the anxiety that people feel, I guess, when they see um, South Asians or they presume a negative connotation about us, I think that's a that's a very different outlook than, you know, what we've heard from very, from majority of people. And not that it's, it's a bad thing, you know, of course we should, you know, get more politically involved and get to know our neighbors and all of those things. But, you know, using comedy as a way to break down the barriers and really show that, you know, we have a lot more in common than we are different, I think is a very unique take on this perspective. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, just having done cartoon art, I know it's, it's really has opened up a lot of doors and started a lot of conversations. And then, you know, you look at stand-up comedy or you look at other forms of humor, you know, be it fiction, uh, written humor. I mean, there's so many things that need to be explored um, that really can be utilized to tell our stories, being funny or not funny. It's just there's so many things that are disposable. So, you know, we, we need to start. And there are people out there who have done it, but I think we, uh-huh. need, to, we, need, to, we need to have it happen a lot more than it's happening. So my hope is, yes, that we're going to see in the next generation even more artists from within the South Asian community telling our stories. And 
Exactly. And I think it's so important for us to focus in on how, you know, my generation, the generation after me, we need to focus on telling our own stories because it's so often that the media is the one that's telling our stories. And that's how people are getting their perception of us that, oh, we heard the media say this, this is what you're really like. And that's not always true, you know? No, and that becomes no, I mean, increasingly it's... frustrating for us. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and it would be hard. It's not easy to find ways of sometimes telling the stories or find an audience for that storytelling. Right. And that's where, you know, it does take time. And I know for me, it's taken a long time. I've been doing this for 15 years now, and it's taken a while, but it's been a fun process. And, and sometimes, you know, you find, okay, you know, something's not working. And then you just have to be able to adapt yourself and say, okay, let me try something new and different. So you have to learn as well um, uh-huh. from your audience and what's happening out there. So, and then that, that happens, you know, with just about everybody out there, you know, even, even from technology to medicine to art, you know, you respond to changes, you know, as things change, you say, okay, let me try something new. And I've been, I've, and I've tried that. And I, I did from cartooning to writing to now performance art. And now I kind of do all of them and combine them and do different things. It's yes. So it's the tools are out there. We just need to sort of start playing with those tools, spending a lot of time with them and just taking risks, you know, going out on a limb at times and say, you know, let's see if this works. So if it doesn't work, then you can uh-huh. it out. Right. And we have to just keep at it. Like, we can't just try once. And, of course, you know, there's going to be frustrations and there's going to be roadblocks and you can't just give up. So in one sentence or two, um, what message do you want to give to our listeners in the South Asian community? Boy, I would say... Um, find your passion, whatever that passion is. You you might find it early as a teenager, earlier, later, uh-huh. but just find your passion and then somehow figure out a way of engaging that passion, either as a hobby or hopefully eventually as a vocation. So it becomes, you know, your, your, your work that brings you joy and money at the same time. But that, right. that, that's really the key. That's the key message. Yeah. That's very true, and I think it's really amazing that your work from, you know, cartooning has led to you um, writing your own graphic novel and just, you know, talking the evolution of, you know, your identity crisis and how you went about it. I I know I read a couple of articles where you briefly spoke about it, how I believe, you know, you had stopped wearing your turban for a time period. And then, yeah, it's um, been it's been a wild journey, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, and and I think that's going to be really interesting, um, especially for many um, South Asian Americans. Um, you know, have been born and raised here, and then our parents have their culture from the Indian subcontinent, and the way that we've had to try and balance both sides and try and figure out what to take of each, almost, you know, and it does get confusing. Yeah. It is confusing and it's a tricky thing. Um, there's a lot of challenges that come with certain identities and you just have to find your own. So it's key to explore, to ask questions, to perhaps say, okay, let me try something new. But, you know, give yourself a breathing space and try it out. I mean, you should not feel that something's imposed upon you and that's not you. Because you know, sooner or later you're not going to, you know, something's going to break. So, um, I mean, I've been through that journey and, you know, it's. I mean, there were some painful parts to it, and not everybody has to necessarily go through it. But I think the key is, you know, you want to be comfortable in who you are, and that means exploring, um, 
exploring your roots and exploring new things and somehow, you know, um, making it your own. Right, exactly. I mean, I'm podcasting and <laughs> it's something that I initially probably never thought I'd, I would do, but, you know, politics is my passion and I really want our community to get out there and become more knowledgeable about it. And I just think we have so much power in numbers, especially in Texas, that we could really have a voice. I could not agree more. I mean, I, I mean, and that's true, you know, in, in certain, in, even my state of New York and I know in California where I've spent many years. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of South Asians in these states and we can certainly have an impact. And I know even in the upcoming election, I certainly hope that we have a huge turnout from our community. So elected officials running all across the U.S., local elections, federal elections, state elections, they know that, look, you know, here you have this, this group of Americans, you know, who um, whose interests need to be represented, and you know we have interesting uh, American stories as well. So yeah, I think the key is for us to you know, step up and uh, get engaged in uh, political and civic and other uh, affairs. Yes, exactly, and I'm glad you got that message out to our listeners as well. So, are there any last words you have for us? No, uh, thank you very much for having me. This was a fun conversation, and I. Um, you know, thanks for having me, and I wish everybody who's listening in all the best, and uh, stay tuned to your podcast. Yes, and I'm very excited to, you know, see your graphic novel come out. I think it'll be interesting to see how you use comedy to deal with the identity crisis. Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll let you know, and you know, maybe you'll have me back on the podcast, and we'll talk about my graphic novel. I want to thank my guest, Vishwajit Singh, for his very enlightening interview about how he created Sick Tunes and how it's impacted his life in changing the way people look at him. I thought the way he is dealing with bigotry, with um, comedy, was a very interesting take compared to a lot of other ways we've seen the South Asian community deal with these types of situations. Um, a lot of times with, you know, um, writing articles or trying to do some interfaith dialogue, which are all really great things to do, but I thought this was a completely different avenue that I hadn't heard of. I liked how he talked about that, you know, that with his cartoons, that he's able to reach people for a few moments and is able to make a really big impact and in turn is able to shift the conversation and how he's trying to use tragedy to do a good thing by, um, you know, having these conversations and trying to start the dialogue. I also think it's amazing that he is using his cartoons as an opportunity to dispel the stereotypes about him and the Sikh community. And on top of that, um, I find it very admirable that while many people who are unaware of the differences between Islam, Hindus, and the Sikh community... Um, that they're still, they're not just talking about their difference in religion, but they're making sure that the Muslim and Hindu communities are also protected as well, that, you know, as we are one community. And I couldn't emphasize this further. I know that a lot of times for the Muslim communities, we are very focused on the Islamophobia that's affecting our community. And sometimes we're you know, a little oblivious to the fact that the Sikh and Hindu communities are also dealing with the same thing because a lot of Americans are unable to differentiate between the uh, three religions. 
And at the end of the day, I think what it comes down to is that we are one community. And while we may have different religions, we are all South Asians. And for the most part, we all hold the same values. And I think we need to work together as a community, not just, oh, as Muslims or as Sikhs or as Hindus. We need to, you know, merge together and realize that if we're together, we're more in numbers and we can make a much um, more powerful impact. Um, finally, I was really um, impressed with the fact that he spoke about that, you know, we have to embrace the situations that we're in and we have to get past those challenges in order for us to move forward. And I think that is a really important statement for our community that while we may not be able to, you know, stop the hate that's happening, we need to embrace the challenge that, okay, people have this view of, of us and we need to embrace this challenge because it is a challenge to our community and to our cultural values, and we need to stop that. And there's many avenues in trying to stop this, as I've stated before, and that's something that we really need to work on in trying to figuring out how to deal with these types of situations and you know, getting to our end goal of getting past these challenges. And like he said, at the end of the day, um, we all have a lot more in common than we have then we are different. And so as it is for the South Asian community as, and as it is for America in general, I think that statement is very, very applicable. So that's my segment for today. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Vishwajit Singh, for his amazing interview and his talk about cartooning. Again, you can check out his website. It's www sicktoons.com, S-I-K-H-T-O-O-N-S.com. So make sure you check him out and hopefully, you know, we'll have a follow-up interview with him when he comes out with his comic book or graphic novel with regards to the identity crisis he went through. And I hope you all enjoyed today's segment. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to check out my Facebook page, Twitter, and my website, which is www.wiseup2x.com. That's wiseuptx.com. And remember, everyone, let's become educated, let's get wiser, and let's start giving a hoot.